peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? Some people, brothers and sisters in Christ, wonder why my morning thoughts are often geared toward politics, toward the news events of the day. Morning, I get up, I pray, talk to God, think about things that happened the day before. These things are often on my mind. And I've said this before, I kind of stated my position before, I want to do it again just to make it clear. Some, I understand, you wonder, why focus on politics? This doesn't matter, just worry about the Bible. And I understand that. I definitely understand my that position. I'm going to make an appeal to you. I'm going to read an account in the Bible, and I'm going to talk through some things historically and explain to you why I concern myself with these things, because I think these things do affect the kingdom. They are not the kingdom and they are not the sole focus, but they do affect the kingdom. And there's a reason I focus on these things. So I'm going to read a Bible account, which I've not been doing on these morning thoughts because the morning thoughts are more not that they won't ever be on a biblical topic, but my morning thoughts are more cultural news political these things i think about which let me make it clear i am no bible scholar this podcast is simply my thoughts just to give you some context when i started out this podcast it originally started out as a podcast about the u.s constitution and constitutional issues now as I focused on some of those issues and and diverted into some political issues, <clears throat> I had to back up, pray about this because I didn't want anyone to get the misconception that I was some political proselyte for one candidate or one party or one political system. I'm a student of the Bible and I pay attention to many things going on. I love history. I love science. I love tech. These are all things I love. And and originally this podcast started out to be about all of those things, not just one thing. Now I focus more heavily on the Bible because this is what comprises my life. But from time to time, I will talk about some other issues. I just wanted that to be known, but I'm going to explain my position. So let's go to the book of first Kings chapter 21. I'm going to read this account and explain to you what I what I think about this issue biblically. <laughs> All right, the book of First Kings, chapter 21. I don't know where I'm going to stop, <clears throat> but we're going to read this account. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard. 
that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it. Or if it seemed good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. <clears throat> and Naboth said unto Ahab, the Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came unto his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he hath said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake unto Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, <clears throat> or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said unto him, Dost thou, not, dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise, eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters saying, proclaim a fast and set Naboth on high among the people and set two men, sons of Bilal before him to bear witness against him saying thou didst blaspheme God and the king and then carry him out and stone him that he may die and the men of the city even the elders and the nobles who were the inhabitants in his city did as Jezebel had said unto them and as it was written in the letters which she had set unto him, they proclaimed a fast and set on high and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came in two children of Bilal and sat before him. And the men of Bilal witnessed against him, even against Naboth in the presence of the people, saying Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. Then they sent Jezebel, then they sent to Jezebel saying Naboth is stoned and is dead. And it came to pass when Jezebel heard that Naboth was stoned and dead, that Jezebel said to Ahab, arise, take possession of the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite, which refused to give uh, for money uh, which refused to give thee for money, and Naboth is not alive, but dead. Now I ask you a question, and I went over this in a video in the past and kind of explained my position biblically. <clears throat> what was missing there? And that whole Bible account, what was missing? Now, in case you don't understand what sons of Bilal means, 
That word Bilal is a noun, um, unprofitableness, wickedness as an adjective, worthless, wicked in a collective sense, wicked men. Do you think that these nobles did not know that these were wicked men? This is literally what this word is. Jezebel pretty much said, go find two of the most deep, deplorable, wicked men you could find that will definitely lie under oath and get them to testify against this man, Naboth. What was missing in that whole thing? Where were the people of God? Why weren't they saying anything? I imagine that there was some people there who feared God, literally people who feared God and probably thought to themselves, ah, this is a civil matter. This is a matter of, you know, Naboth and his vineyard and the king, and we don't know exactly sure what happened. And they may not have known exactly what happened, but they know that these sons of Belial are untrustworthy. Where were they? Now, if you know the story, you know, Elijah came, proclaimed what he proclaimed about Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab was killed. All his sons was killed. Jezebel was killed, killed all of them for this instant. So clearly this was in violation, not only of his neighbor, but in violation of God. Where were the people of God? Silent. While this thing went on. While these wicked men testified falsely against this man, where were the people of God? As I said, I imagine that there were some people that thought to themselves, ah, oh, this doesn't matter. This is irrelevant. This is not concerning the temple. This is not concerning the Lord. Yeah, it absolutely did concern the Lord. So why do I say all of that? Throughout history, one of the one of the biggest shortfalls I see in the body of Christ is we don't think issues matter that do matter. I'm, I'm going to state this again to state my position because I know I stated it in the past and I want to make this known. I love my country, not for the sake of just blindly loving my country. This country affords me freedom to worship the Lord Jesus Christ and share and proclaim the gospel. Now, does that mean I will never have to suffer for the cause of Christ? No, it's very possible that that I could be in a position within the near future, even that I have to suffer for the cause of Christ. And I, and I and my prayer to God is that if that day comes that I have the grace and the wherewithal to withstand and to suffer rightly for the cause of Christ. Here's my question and my plea to believers. If we can be the light of the world, if we can be salt, if we can affect what goes on, do we not have a duty and a responsibility to? Why would we of all people be quiet on issues that, that we can have an effect on? To me, that is a dereliction of duty. Personally, this is not about support for one political candidate or another political candidate or one political system or another political system, socialism, capitalism, this ism, that ism. This is when we see something that we can kind of make some distinction that uh, I don't think this is this is correct. 
I don't think this is right. Do we not have a duty to say something about it? And I think oftentimes we as the body of Christ think that it's about the kingdom. We don't worry about that stuff. And you're right. It is about the kingdom. The fallacy is believing. Now, let me let me make this clear. Nothing is going to stop God's plan. I am not naive. As I said in a previous video, God is not bound by the things we're bound by. He has all power, all power. Does that alleviate our responsibility on the earth? The Lord Jesus Christ prayed not that we would be removed from the earth, but that we would be kept from the wickedness that is in it. Now, I want you to think about some things. If the world doesn't matter, why doesn't a person immediately get translated out of here after they get saved? You want the answer to that? Because it is our duty to reach people with the gospel. Whatever will afford me to do that most effectively while I'm on this earth, I'm going to be keen to pay attention to. The United States affords me freedom. As the Bible says, I don't want to use my liberty as a cloak of maliciousness. I don't want liberty just for liberty's sake. I want liberty for the gospel's sake. And I think this is what some of us within the body of Christ are missing. I'm going to show you something. For those of you who are watching me, uh, watching a video on YouTube or Rumble or BitChute or Minds, I'm on all of those platforms. I'm holding up a book. Let me try to get this in the camera. This book is about William Tyndall. If you hold a Bible in your hand right now, whether it be an English Bible or or a Bible in any other language outside of Latin, I'm not going to say he is he's solely responsible, but you can really you can really thank God for this man. He was martyred. This man was burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. I imagine that among the conversations in heaven, if conversations will be had in the new heavens and the new earth, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going to go on. I imagine it's going to be some real interesting stories and interesting conversations, especially with men like this. This is the thing that's interesting about William Tyndall's story. Martyred for translating the Bible into English. It was illegal and unlawful to translate the Bible from Latin into any other common tongue as far as I'm uh, as far as I remember. Do you think that during this time in England that there were no believers in government? That there were no believers with influence? That there were no believers that could have had some effect? Now, I, I'm I wasn't alive then, clearly, right? We don't have all of the stories from from what happened during that time. Maybe there were some believers who were vocal. But I'm inclined to believe that the same mentality we have today is the same mentality that was held back then. There were some that probably thought, well, you know, the the the, the state government and the church said you can't translate this Bible. And, you know, not everybody speaks Latin. 
But, you know, that that doesn't matter to us. That's irrelevant to kingdom. Well, this does affect the kingdom. This is what this is what I try to balance. Right. So the reason I focus on news items, the reason I focus on different political items is not for the sake of politics. There's a greater picture. I'm paying attention to what's going on. And I'm saying to myself, we, the body of Christ, should have a seat at the table of what goes on in the world, not for the sake of just having influence for influence sake, but for the cause of the kingdom. If if I can do anything to make an effect on my country so that my country remains free so that the gospel can go out. Now, mind you, I am not naive. God has all power. And I understand that regardless of what happens to the United States, the gospel will go out. But again, we are light. We are salt. And I understand that in its context, what that's dealing with is our light shining so much before men that they may see our good works and glorify our father, which is in heaven. The Bible says that we should pray for those in authority that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. So if the Bible instructs us to pray for those that are in authority, that we might live a quiet and peaceable life. Is it not? Is it not a good thing? to be concerned with what's going on, both to be intelligent about what's going on and to have a voice so that we can pray with wisdom and maybe we can say something to someone that has an effect on what happens in our country that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. I imagine, now I don't know much about the internals of Nazi Germany. I don't. I will admit to you, I don't as much as I know about some historical things, as much as I know about some things that happened back then, I have no idea about the internals of what happened during Nazi Germany. But I would imagine there were some believers that thought, oh, this is politics. It doesn't matter. I'll just stay out of it. How many of those people do you think thought twice about that as they figured out what was happening to Jews in concentration camps across Germany. You don't think that maybe some of those people might have been a little sick to their stomach, that they didn't say something sooner, that they didn't get involved, that they didn't pay attention. The things I pay attention to, like I said, I, I have a myriad of interests. Some of them are just novel interests, just things I like, watches, comic books, sci-fi, tech, just novel things. Things like politics and history affect the kingdom. And I think if we take this laissez-faire attitude that we shouldn't care, we will be the same people complaining. Now, mind you, like I said, I would like to believe that if I have to suffer for the cause of Christ, that I will do it and do it gracefully. But I think what will eventually happen is it'll probably come. It'll probably happen. And I think some of the same people who don't understand what's going on, who don't understand why they should say something about certain things, who don't understand why they should get involved, will be some of the same people wondering, how did this happen? You know how things happen when believers stay quiet. We have the spirit of God. 
we have insight from God. Now that insight is not just for, um, not just for social and political things. It's not for that at all. It is for the furtherance of the gospel. But should we not speak when we can? Should we not offer a biblical perspective when we can? I think we should. And this is just me. I understand that some believers are not going to be concerned with the things that I'm concerned about. And I get that a body has different parts, arms, legs, eyes, head, fingers, toes, different organs. We're not all going to be focused on the same thing, but we all fitly joined together can affect the world for the cause of Christ, not just for the sake of social good. My focus is the gospel and I understand how peripheral things affect what's going on in the world, thus affecting my ability to share the gospel. That's my thoughts this morning. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't agree. It's the spice of life. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.